Talk 1041. My name is Nick Reed. I'd like to welcome you to the show. I want to welcome all of uh, the veterans that are out here this morning for the Heroes Breakfast. It's always, you can tell when you're listening, you can tell when it's a Heroes Breakfast. The veterans here, uh, just a bit more folks here than usual. It's hopping, it's uh, quite a buzz, and this is all thanks to Delta Roofing, Air Services, Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, Electrical, Serenity Honors, and of course, scramblers buying breakfast for veterans this morning, and uh, just you know, it's a small thing, it's a token thing. But honestly, um, what I have learned as a non-veteran, but just the part that I enjoy about all this the most isn't the fact that it's free breakfast, but watching so many of these uh, vets just coming together. Um, and for many of them, this is their once-a-month get-together now, which has become a tradition. And to me, that's the neatest part of it, just seeing that and, you know, just watching. As, as I do the show, I'm sitting here now, and you look around at the tables, and, you know, there's a lot of standing around and talking and laughing. And it's just it's a neat thing. We love it. And we're so grateful to Scramblers and all those other partners I mentioned make, make that possible. Uh, so it's something that we do about once a month. Uh, if you've not joined us for one, we'd love for you to do so. All you got to do is come out here. Uh, table's set up. I'm here. Sarah's here. Usually somebody else is sitting here with us right now. Uh, Anthony Carricker happens to be the one. We're going to chat with him in a moment. And we've got these certificates here. You just grab one, and that's your ticket to free breakfast. Also, we do have some Mannheim Steamroller Cinnamon Hot Chocolate, Chip Davis's Mannheim Steamroller. We will have our uh, Mannheim Steamroller American Christmas again this year, as we have for as long as I remember. Uh, Mannheim Steamroller Music, Chip Davis Host. Uh, that will kick off Christmas Eve and go all the way through Christmas Day. And they always send us over some. It's hot, cho- oh, cinnamon hot chocolate. So it's a combination of the two. And if you want a box, boxes have a number of different packets in them. Just swing by. We got a few and you can uh, grab them while we have those. Let's go ahead and jump over to the latest news update. Good morning, everyone. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. A deputy in Pulaski County was involved in a hit-and-run crash last night. The sheriff's office confirming to Color 10 it happened on I-44 at the Dixon exit, and the suspect drove off after the crash. We are waiting to hear back from the sheriff's office for more information about the suspect or any injuries. Be sure to stick with Color 10 on air and online for updates. Three people have been arrested after homeowners saw them lurking around their homes in Camden County. Heather Owens, Dustin Matthews, and Kyle Shooting are facing several charges involving drugs and possession of tools to commit a burglary. Two different callers reporting seeing the three walking around the homes acting suspicious. When arrested, deputies found meth, bolt cutters, credit cards, and social security cards that did not belong to them. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. And that first alert forecast, it is going to be a cloudy day. Maybe a little bit of drizzle this morning. Otherwise, a high of 50 clouds, 35 tonight, partly sunny, 54 tomorrow. Sunday, mostly sunny, high of 54. Anthony Carricker here. Good morning. Hey, how are you doing there, sir? I'm doing all right. It's always such a pleasure. You just That sunshine just comes barreling in here, and that sunshine is Anthony Carricker. I have to say that is probably the first time that has ever been said before 10 a.m. I have such a busy day today. 
and as does uh, Sarah and, and Jeremy, as, as we all take this one day a year. And, and I mean, it's from, well, I get here a little before five, setting things up, and it will not finish. Go, go, go until six o'clock when happy hour is done. So I get sort of pre delirious. And that's why it was that I was so flowery in my description of you. <laughs> I'll take not it either it, way. Not We're, that it wasn't earned. I was going to say, we'll, we'll go ahead and count it still, even though it's, you know, mildly delirium-induced. So what's up? Oh, not a whole lot, you know. Gotta be something. I know we've talked about our switch over to Fairway a couple times now, yeah. and wanted to bring out or talk about one thing that you know we're really loving about being over there, and it kind of ties in with the fact that it's the veterans' breakfast today. Specifically on our VA loan products, we do not charge lender fees at Fairway. So like your origination nice. and your underwriting stuff like that that would normally be additional cost on top of. You know, your appraisal, your funding fee through the VA and all of that, we don't charge that. And that's just something Fairway does and something we've really liked about them is that they seem to go for bad on the loan side when it comes to the veterans. You know, they do a lot of programs as a corporation and as a company to, you know, help with like service dog donations and other stuff for veterans. But specifically when we get onto that VA loan, they really seem to try and help, and that's one of the ways they do that is, you know, they're not charging those fees that virtually everybody else is going to be charging to lenders. I think one other bank in Springfield has been known to not charge those fees, but we haven't heard that advertising in a while, so we don't even know if that's accurate anymore. So, Well, cool, and what a day to make that, um, an, I don't know, announcement, but to relay that information. Yeah, hap happy accident. <laughs> happy, happy accidents, and they certainly are happy. Well, awesome, that sounds great. Anything else people need to keep in mind, or is that is that a good button on it? Eh, I mean, there's not a whole lot else going on. Yeah. People might have seen some stuff in the news about FHA doing some you know, mm -hmm. changes on their loan limits. Grand scheme of things, it doesn't really affect our okay. area much. The max right. loan limits were already so much higher than most people who are using an FHA program are going to be looking at anyways so that's you know kind of a the time of year for mortgage we're in the, the right. slow season so to speak yeah. not a whole lot going on news wise usually as well as you know the fed kind of sits on their haunches and doesn't do what they have to unless they're you know poked with a stick so yeah. all right well that sounds good well, it's always great to see you yeah you guys as well all right and then um I'm guessing we'll see you before Christmas. I think we should. I think so, yeah. In my head, once we get everything's a blur from for yeah, December. It's not so, December yeah, we yet, should. So. All right, excellent. Well, today is December. Oh yeah, God, December first. Yeah. But yeah, so we'll see you before Christmas. Yep. Getting a old. Anthony Carricker, I want a great home loan .com. Because you do. Now a traffic update live from Scramblers. I'm Nick Reed. I'm going to take this time and just try to pull the slack. Uh, unsweet tea. Thank you very much. So that's the sort of service you get here at Scramblers. The owner himself comes over here. So uh, Sarah is like, I don't want to do any more of my endorsements because I'm lazy or something. Will you do them for me? And so uh, Pyramid Roofing, you know, Josh is here sometimes. I'm not a big fan of his myself. Don't really like <laughs> Hey, listen. <laughs> you asked me to do this for you because you can't, quote, talk, and it hurts your throat. Because somebody told me to shut up. Oh. Sarah, Sarah is, is having great struggles speaking, and she tried earlier, 
and there were a number of you who were just mean to her on the text line. Uh, one, did they actually use the F word? Yes. Telling her to, to somebody to shut her the F up uh, because they evidently found it unappealing on the ear. And so you hurt her feelings. I hope you're happy. And now I'm stuck trying to figure out nice things to say about Josh at Pyramid Roofing. <laughs> I don't even know where this little faux feud with <laughs> he and I have. No, I mean, in all seriousness, you, you do come across people sometimes. And it's really amazing oftentimes that if there is a company owned by someone in terms of goods or services, and I'll tell you this straight up, I have not ever utilized pyramid roofing for anything i've recommended them and you could say how could you recommend them well you know sarah has and so i i hear the experiences she's had and a lot of you have texted in about the experiences you've had as well but i know josh and i know the sort of person that he is i know the sort of uh, moral and, and ethical individual he is and the character that he has and you aren't a person of character that runs a business in a manner that also doesn't translate that and so it's it is one of the reasons that I, I without question tell people like oh yeah you pyramid roofing contact them and you're going to be well taken care of so for all of your roofing needs or questions and it may just be an evaluation you know you, you I don't even, we bought this house 10 years ago, and I don't even know, do we need a new roof? Or uh, Just give them a holler, have them come over, and they'll make sure to uh, take care of you. And you can find Pyramid Roofing under Sarah's endorsements at KSGF.com. I want to read to you something here, because it may blow your mind, and, and maybe unfairly. But because of all the national attention that the teachers' unions get on a national level and government involvement, the, the leftism and, and just the, the, what, what has demonstrated itself with some of these teachers' unions, particularly on a national level in these organizations, to not have any interest whatsoever in students and to proudly, almost virtuously, preside over the decline of education in this country. And that fairly or otherwise can trickle down in terms of reputation and so there is oftentimes an assumption and again perhaps unfairly that oftentimes like for example the Springfield National Education Association Springfield chapter that you're talking about a bunch of you know left-wing nut jobs and so that means that they are constantly going to be against disciplining kids and all wokeness and you know that sort of thing that being said I want to read to you a letter posted by the Springfield NEA November 28th, 2023. I come to you this evening on behalf of the 3,000 staff represented by SNEA, staff that is broken, discouraged, frustrated by ineffective and unsafe practices put in place by Springfield Public School Administration. While teachers continue to be, quote, monitored and micromanaged, call it whatever makes you feel justified, down to the minute in their classrooms over learning standards and assessment timelines, who is managing our students? PBIS, conscious discipline, and other trauma-informed practices being implemented were never developed with the intention to lower expectations of students, nor were they meant to replace consequences. Yet this is exactly what Springfield Public Schools seems to have done. 
because the district started requiring staff to essentially ignore infractions that they deemed as, quote, minor, we now have previously referable offenses occurring without any discipline at all. Here are some examples of incidents that have gone without any consequences in our district just in the week before Thanksgiving. Bullying with repeated threats of physical harm despite a history of violent assaults. Threatening to shoot other students. Flipping chairs, writing on walls, upending offices and classrooms, getting in teachers' faces, putting fingers in their faces, yelling at them. Telling a teacher to sit their male appendage because this is supposed to be a family-friendly environment. I substituted the offensive word, even though these are the words that Springfield Public School is allowing students to use in our learning environments. When a student's behavior rises to the point where a referral is finally allowed, in many cases, they are not getting processed or staff is told not to write them at all particularly when it comes to repeat offenders and or students with an IEP of 504. Can violent behavior be the result of a disability? Yes. Does this exclude them from the disciplinary process? Absolutely not. In these cases in which we know a student has violent tendencies, is the district providing them with an alternate placement or even an individual behavior technician? No. Instead, these students in the classroom, creating a volatile environment for everyone involved. Springfield Public Schools has even started ordering some staff protective vests and arm shields. Is this really the best answer? How much learning is taking place when the students have to evacuate for their safety, in some cases multiple times a day? What example is this setting for our children? Everyone seems to be a fan of research-based ideas, so I'll refer to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Without meeting students' safety needs, students are not capable of learning. Safety has to be first and foremost, or students will quit coming to school and staff will leave as we continue to see them do. The safety of our, children, of our students and staff cannot be subordinate to other goals like making our numbers look good. In your strategic plan, you have committed to providing classroom environments conductive to teaching and learning. This is not occurring. Instead, you are creating new victims of trauma in children and adults alike. Springfield Public School need to return to following the code of conduct, even for minor infractions. Consistent, progressive discipline is not the bad guy. It is the solution. And again, that was from the Springfield National Education Association, which is a local affiliate of the Missouri National Education Association. And I believe they represent everybody that works in the professional setting, not just teachers. Now, this, I would argue, is a step in the right direction. This is something that is positive. Because, again, and I think whether it's fair or not, oftentimes the National Education Association, the teachers unions, they, they, they all get lumped in together and they oftentimes get dismissed, dismissed as part of the problem constantly, as pushing off left-wing ideology, at, um, at creating an atmosphere in which students know that they don't have to worry about discipline. And while I can't sit here and testify to you about the overall character or the positives and negatives of the Springfield NEA as a whole, it is clear here, at least through their expression, that they are not part of the problem in the context of 
wokeness and, you know, allowing students for the sake of making numbers look good, get away with murder, of allowing students in certain races or falling into certain classes not be disciplined so that the numbers fit what they're supposed to fit, but instead are out there sounding the alarm that the people who are the administration running the school, superintendent, these folks, that they are the problem. And they are getting called out by the Springfield NEA. And I think the fact that that is occurring is a step in the right direction. It also potentially and arguably tells you how bad things have gotten in the schools. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. Hey, we've been talking for uh, last week and a half, couple weeks, about our annual effort to bring you Christmas ideas across the uh, the 417 those of you in the listening area Christmas time can be a little frustrating for some when it comes to getting gifts um, some people are not easy to buy gifts for almost everyone like oh yeah they're not easy to buy gifts for and then they don't help you well you know I want to get you something what do you want I don't need anything and it's just very frustrating and you, you, you don't have time to figure it out. So the idea behind this is that we spend this day, every hour, coming to you and saying, oh, hey, here's a place, uh, Caviary Cafe or Ming Auto Beauty Center or Quick Draw Gun or I could just go down the list. But you're going to hear us from these places throughout the day. And here is somebody that owns this business, works here, and they have an idea for you. And it may be for you, it may not be for you, but it's just to kind of jar your brain, get you thinking. And we do Facebook Live and we'll check in on on air throughout the show as well. Every year, Corwin Ford, uh, Springfield, and Republic provides our transportation for that. And once again, this year, Foreman Mechanical Heating and Cooling is sponsoring the entire event. And Russell, you you, you all recognize his voice from, from the ads he does. He's here with us this morning. And uh, I appreciate you being here. Yeah, get the, it's kind of loud, so you got... Uh, probably a need for the headphones on can you hear me now you're yep, good i hear you all right so i mean listen one thank you uh we we appreciate not only you doing this but just you in general and, and uh what it is that you do i know you've done quite a bit for sarah um in, in fact she sometimes people are like gosh kind of sounds like she has a piece of crap house she's had so much stuff done <laughs> haven't people said that no, yes. yes they have said that but it's not it's a farmhouse a farmhouse you know take love and it's yep. an awesome house i've been there and she in the very beginning just had talked about what an incredible job that you did and so it's one of the reasons of course um, that we love having you on as a partner as we get into winter time we've been pretty fortunate that it hasn't turned real cold yet but is there anything that you would as a gift to people give in terms of advice what they ought to watch out for think about in your industry well, I appreciate uh, everything KSGF and stuff's done for me and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it's getting, obviously, we're already in the winter. And uh, everybody needs to remember to uh, change, change your filters. That's the biggest thing, a biggest service call, change How filters. How overlooked is that? Because that that is something that people are like, oh, yeah, I know I hear that all the time. But I, do, I get the sense people underestimate what a difference that can make. Well, any time the filter uh, is starting to get dirty and stuff, the, the blower motor has to work harder. It's just like uh, uh, it 
has to move air all the time. When it's when it's being restricted, uh, it's going to use more electric. Uh, it's not going to heat good. It's not going to cool good. And then the winter time, the furnace will overheat, and uh, we get a lot of calls like that stuff. So, you know, filters is a big thing. Uh, batteries and thermostat, everything's programmable. Everything's got digital thermostats. You know, batteries are a big thing. Yeah, we don't they don't realize that stuff. That's always a question we ask when somebody calls. Uh, if you're out in the country and you got propane, hey, do you have propane? Have you checked your propane tank lately? You know, make sure you got propane and stuff. Because we've drove a long ways to tell somebody they need propane in their tank. So oh, that's something so we people, always ask. It's like we don't know what's wrong. And they, exactly. Like, ding, ding, you yep. knock on it. Like, hey, you hear that? Yep. Is that yep. how it gets tested? Yep. I don't even know. Yeah, that's simple things. Yeah. What? <laughs> Sarah's like, no, you idiot. Uh, here, I want to ask you a question. And because, one, it's something I, in fact, told Sarah's like, oh, I'm going to ask Russell about this. And I need to have him come out to the house maybe. And it's something that many people may not even know exists. But we, in our house in particular, wintertime, you're running your cycles. It can dry the air out. And we also have a wood-burning fireplace that we like to burn. And that can dry the air out. And so uh, we've got a couple different small humidifiers and put one in the girl child's room, one in our room. And I know that you can purchase units that I think they incorporate into your HVAC system that will automatically humidify is that a legit way of doing it? What, what's the story behind those? Yeah, that's the best way to get uh, humidity into the uh, house. Obviously, you know, the heat dries the air out. So when we have lots of problems, you have sinus problems and stuff because oh, of yeah. it. You have a lot of wood in your house. It'll crack, uh, shrink up. Uh, door jams won't work right, you know, getting it out of doors and stuff. So uh, there's a couple different designs of humidifiers and stuff that you can put in the system uh, that run with the system. And they will run the whole system uh, and distribute you know, through the whole house, right. not just in yeah. one room, which is a big deal. So, so is it is that also hardware you provide? Because as I was yes. looking, I was like, oh well, here's some units for a few hundred bucks, and, I, and this is why I told Sarah I need to call you, and I thought, well, I'll just do it since you're here on air and ask you these <laughs> questions uh, this way. Is it the sort of thing that it, we're talking? Oh, that's thousands and thousands of dollars, or is it for the benefit, relatively reasonable? I mean, well, I guess it's, it depends it's kind of the, it's kind of a, I would say a creature comfort kind of thing. Okay. You know, yeah. your humidity levels are a big deal with that, and um, you know the systems that we got. You know, they go into the system; they're right, attached to right. it. We have water lines, drain lines. We have to sure. hook up. Yeah. Uh, matters if it's a power vent or not power vent. We got ductwork stuff like that. So some of them can be a little expensive. I mean, you're probably looking at somewhere in the thousand to two thousand dollar range, uh, pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, but you know the benefits, and like I said, if you got a house that's full of uh, uh, hardwoods and stuff, yeah, yeah. It, it's a must okay. um, and stuff like that. Very interesting. All right. Well, listen, thank you again. And it's always great to see you. Great to talk with you. Russell, Foreman Mechanical Heating and Cooling. And I suspect, did you order breakfast yet? Yeah. All right. Good. Well, it's probably going to come out any minute, <laughs> so we'll let you go. Thanks, All right. sir. Appreciate it. Thank All you. All right. Yeah. Appreciate it as always. We are in uh, the past the middle of, I suppose, if you will, 28 minutes less of the Heroes Breakfast here at Scramblers for Veterans. So make your way out. you got 28 minutes left to get yourself that free breakfast here at Scramblers. I'm Nick Reed. More coming up next. Chestnuts roasting on an old Love Nat King Cole. Nat King Cole. First alert forecast. Jack Frost. Cloudy day. 
From Color 10, Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Today's high of 50. Mostly cloudy tonight, down to 35. Tomorrow, partly sunny, a high of 54. And Sunday, mostly sunny, a high of 54. There was this uh, debate last night, Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis. Sean Hannity hosted it. Some of the notable exchanges that really are a defining difference, if you will, or between the left and the right in this country and, and between Democrats and Republicans as, as leaders. Sexually explicit books for kids. Pornography. One of the exchanges... DeSanta, and this is the ease that the political right in this country have while debating the political left, and that is just evidence, physical evidence. So what does DeSantis do? Uh, He pulled out one of the books, showed Newsom some of these images. DeSantis remarked, this is a book that in some of the schools in California and Florida, it's not consistent with our standards. It's called Gender Queer. Some of it had to be blacked out. He noted that you probably would not be able to put this on air. He said, this is pornography in the form of cartoons, which of course means it's aimed at children and it's wrong. DeSantis continued, so this should not be in schools. When people on the left say that they somehow, or that somehow you are banning books by removing this from a young young kid's classroom, this is not age appropriate. He added that he would pursue a policy to outlaw such books from classrooms nationwide if elected president, explaining that some states should not be allowed to trample the rights of parents. Newsom accused DeSantis of waging a cultural purge of books. Now, there's an interesting, once again, juxtaposition on this issue. When it comes to, and we see it right here, see it here in this area, and you have some of these parents that are, of course, wanting to prevent pornography from being in schools, and then you have others that say, oh, it's book banning, it's book banning, it's book banning. One of the tactics, again, by those who want the books not to be placed in children's libraries is to show par- show the public this is what they're talking about. Have you noticed that what the left doesn't do is pull out books that are banned to read to show you how they should not be? Has anybody noticed that? See, they want to make it sound as if these are simply, these are just perfectly appropriate books that these crazy right wingers don't want banned. Well, why don't you provide those materials to prove your point? This is one of the things that is a pretty consistent human behavior from individuals who have the truth on their side and are trying to convince other people to see things their way they show them all the evidence they're like see here see this is what i'm talking about yes i do i believe that there are certain books that should not be provided to children here's one of them so you can you can decide whether or not you also believe that the left tries to claim that these books or at least present the argument as if they're perfectly benign and there's nothing wrong with them, yet they never provide examples so that you can make that decision. What does that tell you? 
What does it tell you when only one side wants you to see what books they're actually talking about? There is a pretty safe rule when it comes to trying to decide if you have two arguing positions, which one is in all likelihood the more truthful and probably on the right side. And that's the side that wants you to have as much information as possible about the subject matter that's being discussed. The one that is most specific as opposed to just name-calling, accusations, and not giving any evidence whatsoever. And that's what you have in this argument in this debate. Newsom, for his part, his response, you want to roll back harder national rights on voting rights, civil rights, LGBT rights, women rights, not just access to abortion, but contraception. You want to weaponize grievances. You know, it, it's just accusation, accusation, accusation. No proof. No examples. Not saying, you know, because here is something that you actually did, and this is why I'm claiming you are rolling back the right of people to vote. What does that tell you? You don't have, you know, one of the things that, I, I don't know if this is still done or not, speech debate. Now I got in a speech and debate. Well, I did a lot of the theater stuff, and so I would go... For those of you that don't know, they would have these tournaments on the weekends, and, and the the debates were all at the same tournament as the acting stuff. So you could go, and I, I would go and do HIs and DIs, humorous interpretation, dramatic interpretation. I think they had to be between eight and ten minutes, if I remember. And then there were duets, and there was one event... In, in which one of the debate partners was sick. I'd never even watched one of these things. But the drama teacher did not want them to have to forfeit, so asked me to stand in and said, don't worry, the, I, I forget who the partner was, he or she, they'll tell you what to do, they'll walk you through it, you'll be fine. That's, that's how I got into it. And I found it to be interesting. But there were certain fundamental basics to the debate that you had to do. And that was provide evidence. Without that, it, you were irrelevant. You weren't even debating. You weren't even having a discussion. You were not doing anything. You were just moving your lips and making sound. You had to provide evidence. And that's what we would spend time doing. And it was much, much different, of course, prior to the ability to get online and Google search things when you were given a, a debate. And incidentally, you didn't know which side you were going to be on. So you would know there's going to be an issue about nuclear power. You had to learn both sides of the debate and be prepared to argue both sides of the debate. And it wasn't, I think, until you got there, you knew whether you were going to be on the pro side or the anti side. And then you went with it. And it was because you spent time researching and you were ready to present information as evidence, whether it was evidence that... You know, was good enough to prove that you were correct or not. That's what, the, you know, the judges, they, they factored a lot of things into who the, quote, winner was versus not winner. But you listen to these debates and you see somebody like DeSantis up there and then Gavin Newsom up there. And when it comes to, all right, books that are inappropriate for kids in schools, a real debate over is that true or not? DeSantis is like, here's the book. And yes, 
specifically, I do not believe that this is appropriate for children. I do not believe that it is up to the government to decide this is appropriate for children. If parents want their kids to read this smut, different story, but in terms of government, we should not be bypassing parents and providing these materials that you're looking at right here. This is my evidence. We should not be providing this to kids, whether parents want it or not. Gavin Newsom's argument, name-calling. Well, you're anti-LGBT and rolling back voting rights. And What does that tell you? There was another just absolutely fantastic moment that while many people will dismiss it as simplistic, there were two, actually. It is... It is a a cultural difference between areas of the country that are run by the left versus those that are not. And at one point, you had DeSantis. And he, like, is talking about all of the human feces in the streets of San Francisco in particular. And there and how there are actual maps. There's so much human feces that there have been apps created so that people can kind of navigate around it. And when he brings it up, Gavin Newsom just laughs about it. Scoffs. I mean, look what they have done to these cities. What an absolute horrific negligence of your duties. And then instead of being outraged yourself and saying, you know what, this is something we can agree on. We recognize, I recognize as the governor of California, that this is absolutely unacceptable. And you know what? Maybe whatever it is that we're willing to listen to states that don't have these problems cities like Miami that don't have these problems to find out what it is that you, that you do you know that 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 prevents people from crapping all over the place to such degree that it's anywhere and everywhere at any given time but that's not what he does Gavin Newsom they laugh about it because see Gavin Newsom wherever he lives he doesn't have to worry about somebody pulling down their pants and defecating right in front of his family or kids. He doesn't have to worry about stepping in human feces. Because generally speaking, the left, in their world of elitism, whether it's economically or socially, they do not suffer the consequences of their policies like the rest of us. uh, DeSantis also told the story of a former... Californian who had moved to Florida and was talking to him about how much better it is in Florida, just the quality of life and how they left California for that reason, but how grateful, how grateful they are to live in this in the state of Florida versus California and what a clear difference it is. And then, of course, the reveal, if you will, was the fact that it was Gavin Newsom's father-in-law that he was talking about. Springfield's Talk 1041 live from Scramblers. I'm Nick Reed.
We pride ourselves in really quick breaks here sometimes. Um, again, and I'll just leave you on this note regarding the DeSantis versus Gavin Newsom last night. And it's being presented a lot as the red versus blue. But I don't even think of it in terms of results of policies. While, yes, that is true. But it is approach in... Explaining oneself or, or uh, it, it putting the argument forth. And what we see here is people who have proven results, they talk about those things. People who are opposed to certain things, if they are right, and if being opposed to those things from a legislative perspective are positives they show you exactly what it is they're opposed to like the pornography in schools put it on display they want everyone to know very transparent when your policies are a failure you just name call one of the areas in which newsom just really ripped on DeSantis was because he mispronounces kamala harris's name he literally said shame on you kamala harris it's I don't know Kamala or Kamala. I don't even know which one it is Kamala or Kamala. I don't know either. I guess that also makes me a racist. I told him that it's Madam Vice President to you. I mean, this is this is the difference. This is the difference in two individuals and their presentation when one of them has results to brag upon and the other has nothing. And that is what was on display with that debate between DeSantis and Newsom last night. Springfield's Talk 1041, live from Scramblers. We got today a number of stops to make. It is our annual busiest day of the year in terms of on air. We're go, go, go from the time the show starts after, actually before the show starts until 6 o'clock when we wrap things up at Retro Metro for happy hour. We talked with Russell. Uh, just a little bit ago from Foreman Mechanical, owner of Foreman Mechanical Heating and Cooling, as they are sponsoring our annual trip around the 417 to bring you various local businesses to present you different ideas for Christmas. One of the places that we are going to be stopping after we pick up our transportation from Corwin Springfield or Corwin Ford Springfield Republic we're going to be stopping at Quick Draw Gun and Monette. And you listen to Sarah, of course, talk about Quick Draw Gun. And, and one of the, to me, reasons that they are admirable, and, and I think the reason that Sarah talks about them so much is because oftentimes gun shops can just almost organically have an intimidating nature to them. And because people who sometimes work in gun shops are used to dealing with people who know a lot about guns, there's just a sort of language that's there that can make a person feel a little less included and intimidated when it comes to asking questions. Nobody wants to feel dumb. Nobody wants to feel as if everyone's looking at them going, they don't know what they're talking about. And a quick draw gun, you just don't get that. They are some of the nicest people. We were over there this week. Sarah's over there much more than I am. 
But every time I'm over there, you just walk away feeling good. And that may sound hokey. It may sound goofy. But you just... In fact, when we were there not long ago, there were some people in there that I would I would characterize as just hanging out. Not that they didn't have a reason for going there, but it's not come in, get what you want, and then leave. There's just a culture there. There are people there. They talk to each other and just enjoy one another's company. And if you haven't been there in a bit, they expanded by, I think, about two-thirds, I mean, just or tripled their space. I mean, it's much, much larger and very accommodating, and it's just a great place um, if you, one, are an expert when it comes to firearms, but if you aren't also, I, I can't recommend them enough. They're in Monette. We're, we're going to talk to you from there later today. Uh, we'll um, talk to you over the air, but we will also do a Facebook Live uh, from over there as well. Whenever you're on 60 there and you're going through Monette, heading west, and there's that stoplight with the Taco Bell, you just go south on it, left. And keep going until you hit Quick Draw Gun. So that's how you find them. And, of course, you can also get all their information, ksgf.com under Sarah's endorsements. We'll have a couple more minutes coming up here from this show specifically and the Heroes Breakfast at Scramblers. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. KSGF.com. We have all things Christmas. Crown Power and Equipment sponsoring this. Just looking for something to do uh, in terms of Christmas festivities, parades, Christmas lights, whatever it may be. You can go to KSGF.com and, and see all of that. Uh, that, again, Crown Power and Equipment sponsoring that. Don't forget to get signed up for a pizza party at Godfather's. KSGF, if you have the app, then this afternoon you're going to get a notification about a special deal that is only revealed on the KSGF app, and it's only good for this evening. From four area Godfather stores, there's the Springfield location, Nixa, Battlefield, and Ozark, and they deliver. Don't forget that. They do delivery. Godfather is just... I talk to a lot of people like, man, I have not been to Godfather's in a really, really long time. I'm telling you, it's fantastic. It's one of my absolute favorites. And uh, if you haven't been in a while, treat yourself, why don't you? I, this, I think, is just the timing of this is really funny and appropriate. Talking about the Sean Hannity hosted Gavin Newsom, Ron DeSantis debate last night. And the difference between person on the left versus person on the right, politically speaking, and how generally you can tell if someone knows that they, or they, they, I shouldn't say no, they feel confident that they are correct in their positions because they offer up as much evidence as possible, as opposed to those that don't argue things of substance, they instead name call, or, and I was illustrating the point, one of the, the, the big moments last night is when Gavin Newsom was shaming Ron DeSantis for mispronouncing Kamala Harris's name. Like, that, that's something he took a stand. Nothing of, of real substance. It doesn't have anything to do with the issues. But that was something he argued. And in that context, we got an email. Somebody doing the exact same thing to me. <laughs> but r much like Gavin Newsom ripping on Governor DeSantis for mispronouncing Kamala Harris's name, this person was ripping on me for mispronouncing DeSantis's last name, I guess. So... Okay, that's what you got out of it? I don't know. They may have been sarcastically trying to, you know, Sarah doesn't think they are. See, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, surely, surely somebody could not. 
Sarah's insistent that that was, that, and it may have been. I, 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 you know, I just, I try to get people to benefit. I'm like, no, no one can be that. But uh, sometimes they are. Let's get that up there. Uh, another new survey. Trump trounces Biden in head-to-head matchup. We're seeing more and more of these. An interesting observation. Many of us have noted accurately so, not just in polling, but when it comes to elections, because of the way our system was deliberately set up for the wiser, we do not go by national vote, popular vote. We go by the states. It is, after all, the office is the president of the United States, not the president of the citizens. It's not like a representative who is representing the people. This is the president of the United States. And... The national polling ultimately then doesn't matter, right? It's it's when you look at state by state. So what about these swing states? And, of course, Trump has been beating uh, Biden in the swing states as of late. But it's been observed, and this is actually a very interesting point, that the national numbers are actually also very good news for Trump because Trump, like other presidents in the past, not a majority of them, but some, Trump won the Electoral College, but lost the national vote. So if he is winning the national vote, what does that say about the electoral vote? And what that that was going to indicate is that potentially and arguably that's going to be an even more solid win because a rise in the, the numbers for him in the national vote is going to translate over to the electoral vote. Something to think about. News coming up in 60 seconds. Glenn Beck's next. We'll talk to you throughout the day. I'm Nick Reed.